As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> Hey y'all, welcome to this next episode of Cut the Small Talk. I'm your host, Danielle McGlente, and today we have a special guest, someone that I definitely looked up to in my college days for his approachable and yet impactful leadership style, and just for being a super multifaceted being. Um, Today's guest has experience in marketing and also has experience in podcasting, video creation, has toured as a musician, and now works as a media specialist for a finance company. A kind of perfect blend of creativity and practicality and sustainability, in my opinion. So I want to welcome to the show, Matt Panna. Thank you so much for having me. So I knew you and your family from a while ago. Yeah, that's right. Because we were in the same youth group. And then... Coincidentally, we went to the same college and we're involved in the same Filipino club. So it's it's really cool to connect again after all these years. <laughs> it's, a, it's a nice reunion, you know, especially like, I'm a big proponent of podcasting as a medium and as an art form. Mm-hmm. It's such a great underrated thing to just be able to capture conversations, especially this conversation. We haven't talked or seen each other really since college. And it's mm-hmm. kind of cool to see where you're at. And you're really like you're killing it in the podcast game. You have really great engaging conversations and really interesting people. To have on too so I'm, I'm pretty stoked to be a part of the of the roster here yes yeah. and i'm excited for today's episode because we're going to be covering a topic that i think will resonate with a lot of adults today and that is the topic of pivoting in careers and life and everything <laughs> um so matt you have a good deal of experience i think in today's topic even from your college years the other day you mentioned to me that you switched majors in college And from then, you kind of went into different directions with your career, and I guess that eventually led to where you are today. So to start things off, I'd like to know how you define the word pivoting. I tend to use the word pivoting a lot. Um, I think it's just my marketing brain in me. I like to always use buzzwords and trending kind of words to kind of grab people's attention in conversation. But I know we were talking about, you know, our discussion today and kind of prepping and, and brainstorming ideas. So like when I think of the word pivoting, it's really like a redefinition of the term coined by this guy, Ryan Holiday, mm-hmm. super famous marketer and writer. Um, and in his one of his books, Growth Hacker Marketing, which I 
like enjoyed and I, I love, really built my my marketing brain as it is now in my 30s. Uh, he was commenting on the roots of Instagram, right? So initially, Instagram way back in the day um, was kind of like a four square adjacent kind of application. It was just kind of like, oh, you check into a location. You, you see, all your friends see what you're doing, uh, which is kind of the old premise of social media, right? Uh, but I think what they did for the early stages of, of their development was capitalizing on what their audience gravitated towards. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily com- completely reinventing the wheel, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, but adjusting slightly to change the course of their journey. Um, I was actually, it's funny, I was actually watching a, a, a documentary on the show, The Office, mm-hmm. with my sister, uh, just we're binging off The Office episodes, and there was a nice little documentary about the last episode, and it was uh, Rain Wilson, who plays Dwight Schrute, mm-hmm. and he was commenting on how, you know, The Office kind of reinvented American comedy, but they didn't really do anything crazy. They did little things here and there in the sitcom format. Mm. And he was commenting on like how their producer uh, approached it. And it's kind of like if you're, when you're steering a ship, you're not going to go completely left or right. You're going to kind of go a few degrees, yeah. you know, one way or the other, but that could always change your course of direction. So yeah. I think that's what pivoting is for me. It's like, you know, kind of slightly moving in a different direction, but kind of keeping the same, you know, overall mechanism, so to speak. Wow. I think that's a really cool way to define it because I think in people's minds, they think of a pivot as this huge change. And I think that's why it's so scary for people to make even the slightest movement towards a different direction. Mm. And I think the one really scary thing is trying to figure out when should I do this? I think in your mind, you're like, should I wait till I achieve X or if I am this age before I make a change? How, as someone that's actually made, you know, significant pivots in your life, how do you decide when the right time is to make a pivot? Ah, oh, it's a good question. Um, I think there's always that old adage, right? Of, you know, timing is everything. You hear that in like every graduation speech, you know, and every, any, any kind of uh, advice you get from anybody, timing is really everything. But mm-hmm. I feel like the concept of time, right? Is dependent on knowing yourself fully, holy, and true. So mm-hmm. timing is dependent on knowing yourself fully, holy, and true. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is it's, it's best to know yourself before you really understand what you're ready for. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. So for me anyway, like um, I tend to reflect and pray daily. That's kind of what I do typically mm-hmm. uh, as a Catholic Christian, uh, we call it the daily examine, right? It's mm-hmm. it derives from Ignatian spirituality. So basically you, it's not, it's not anything verbose or grand necessarily. You just at the end of your day, just uh, take an inventory of your wins and losses um, and just kind of see, you know, your successes and failures and what you could have done differently or what, you know, victories you had throughout the day, little victories even. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you don't even have to be religious, right? So yeah. if you're not religious, totally cool. Um, I'd meditate every day as well. Mm. Um, the Headspace app is awesome. You do like these 10 minute meditative reflections in the afternoon. It's a nice little break in your day to mm-hmm. kind of reset your mind, especially when your mind's racing like me, <laughs> working from <laughs> home, you know? Um, and eventually you're able to see the patterns in your behavior. Uh, and the fruits or lack thereof in certain areas. So mm-hmm. I think that's the best way how for sure. Yeah. I love that you took the conversation to mindfulness <laughs> because Always. yeah, dude, like, brand. yes, I feel like people need to know how useful taking a step back and examining yourself and your thoughts really mm-hmm. changes 
your life you really can get a sense of what you want by just looking within like that i feel like that sounds so hippie but it's so true i've really been into the whole mindfulness thing too i do gratefuls which i guess is kind of similar to what you were talking about i do that in the in the beginning of the day and at the end of the day I actually write it down so powerful it is and i like to look back and read like i'm doing a science experiment on myself mm. um yeah i love that you brought it to really just looking deep within to try to figure out when is the right time to make a move but I think also when it comes to mindfulness, right, you know, a part of me, like I'm, I'm honestly rediscovering mental health really within the past couple months, honestly, oh, really? like I'm a newbie, like I'm a baby when it comes to this stuff now. Right. Okay. And like a part of me always had that sense of guilt or maybe sense of like, oh man, shoulda, woulda, coulda. If I knew about, you know, anxiety and depression and, you know, all these things like years ago, I'd be fine. Right. <laughs> um, but I think it's always, it's better late than never. I know I'm talking about old adages, right? It's better late than never. Like, yeah, I think it's, it's good for you, for us to kind of reflect, especially we're from the East coast, right? We work in like, you know, Boston, New York, right? Like we, when you're in a metropolitan city, it's always go, 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 go. And you kind of forget almost, or even it's kind of frowned upon to kind of really be mindful, mm. you know, cause you're not producing things and yes. you can't be productive and fruitful, but you also have to combine that with, Hey, take a breather, whether it's meditating you know, gratefulness notes, journaling, like that's, that stuff real will really kind of be your anchor, no pun intended, mm. for podcast, uh, your anchor <laughs> throughout the craziness of trying to work and build a career. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And it's, it's never too late. I mean, I think even trying it out now as an adult, especially being Asian American is like, that's a big yeah. thing because that wasn't a part of my life. I don't know about you, but like my parents never talked to me about meditating or mindfulness. <laughs> like, yeah, my, my family was like, say a couple of rosaries, you know, yeah. sign the cross before you head to work kind of deal. Nice. And, th- and those are powerful. Don't get me yeah. wrong, you know, but I, I feel like now that, um, especially our generation, I feel it's our responsibility almost to kind of inform our parent generations and even our culture, mm. uh, even to be just mindful. And it's not, I'm not saying like, find every therapist and take every medication and do all these, <laughs> go on a spiritual cleanse or something, <laughs> you know, it's not eat, pray, love or whatever, but I'm saying just be mindful and just kind of being a witness to that. I think it's very powerful. Yeah, for sure. Hmm. Um, So I guess kind of related to mindfulness, do you have any anxieties or fears around pivoting or making changes in your life? I I mentioned that, you know, I've been diving into mental health a lot this year, right? And uh, one thing that my therapist told me is, you know, depression is rooted in, you know, fears, repressed anger from your past and anxiety is founded in fears and concerns about the future. You know, yeah. we tend to forget them um, in that context sometimes, right? Um, and it's normal and it's natural, um, but we can't keep beating ourselves up about that, right? Yeah. Um, so a way to remedy, in my opinion anyway, and I'm not, like I said, I'm like a newbie when it comes to this uh, kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, a way to remedy for me anyway um, is to stay present uh, to what the moment is demanding of you, right? Mm. Um, giving up control, which is not easy for people like us that work mm-hmm. in major cities and they're a career driven, you know, like went to law school and business school, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, like I'm, I'm a self-professed self-proclaiming recovering type a person, mm-hmm. my confession. I'm, I, <laughs> I'm super type a like to my bones. Yeah. I know when we were in college, we were in the executive board for uh, our Filipino club flash. Mm-hmm. And I've always been kind of driven and always having like three, five, 10 year goals. And what am I doing? What's my agenda? Right. Yeah. And um, that in itself is good you know, yeah. in a certain way, in a certain time, knocking out your to-do list. Uh, and they're all great things. Um, but just make sure that your anxiety and mental health aren't in jeopardy or they're not thrown by the wayside. 
Mm-hmm. I absolutely agree with that. It's it's so hard to like make that a priority though. Just being in busy cities, it's it's hard to like tell yourself to slow down when everybody else around you is just moving, moving, producing. I think it's a benefit of like, you know, working remotely to some degree. You know, True. there's pros and cons to all this stuff. And definitely the cons, at least for me, you know, uh having my own place here in Jersey, being by yourself and working remotely and seeing people on screens, that could be a con to the degree of which like you know, I'm, you know, I'm not seeing people in person, right? But the, the, the pro of that is I do have a lot more freedom and independence to, if I was working in a cubicle in New York City, I couldn't go for a walk or a jog in the middle of my day. Right. I couldn't meditate, you know, in the room next door, you know, my bedroom, right? Mm-hmm. So like, there are pros and cons to that. Um, but I, I feel like a lot of what you're saying and a lot of this podcast from what I've listened to so far kind of resonates with me about really anchoring, finding that anchor in your everyday life, mm-hmm. no matter where that may be, either remotely <laughs> or in a major city. You know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Did you have any fears about what other people would think about making pivots in your life? Because I know I I have those fears. Oftentimes, especially maybe it might be a cultural thing, but like yeah, being being afraid of what others may think. Like I, I was also like a, a tried and true people pleaser really, really mm-hmm. up until like this year, <laughs> really, really discovering that through myself. Yeah. You know, cause I think being driven uh, in my own personal, individually speaking, like I have my own, like, I want to do this. I want to do that. Here's what I want to do. Like, and I, I, I have my own map in my own career and my own individual life kind of planned out. Yeah. But I'm also very, um, maybe servant minded is what a lot of people kind of coined it as <laughs> where I kind of just want to give and help. Yeah. I'm always like, how can I help you? How maybe yeah. it could be a cultural thing being Filipino. I know a lot of your podcasts had this kind of um, tone uh, of having that kind of, especially your Filipino American guests, mm-hmm. having that tone of just like we, being hospitable and being servant minded is such a, it's so integral in our culture. It's kind of who we are. We can't like not be that way. It just kind of yeah. how, and it's not a bad thing, but um, I'm realizing too, to kind of build that boundary for myself. Like I'm, I'm literally discovering boundaries. Um, mm-hmm. And in Filipino culture and Filipino families, there are no boundaries, right? <laughs> no <laughs> Everyone boundaries. knos everything. You got chismosos everywhere. <laughs> but um I feel like when you, when you build the boundary for yourself, even to kind of like, okay, I can't please everybody, yeah. uh, especially as a marketer, because marketers, you want to not necessarily please people, but you want to engage people. You want people to engage with your content, engage with uh, your campaign, right? So yeah. you, you're always focused on how do I sell this to somebody? Mm-hmm. Uh, and in a marketing context and in a corporate context, bravo, go for it. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's literally your job. But in your, in, in your personal life, I'm, I'm learning now that like, sometimes you can't, you can't control things. You can't mark an idea. Mm. Uh, to a, a loved one, you know, you mm-hmm. have to kind of be present with them and, and speak their language. Yeah. Um, so, so coming from someone who, who used to be a people pleaser and who's uh, trying to pivot, uh, <laughs> pivot, you know, my, my thinking, and it's good to kind of be giving and it's good to be servant minded. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But yeah. I feel like you, there has to be, you have to be conscious of that and to be conscious of that uh, meditating, praying, reflecting, journaling, you can kind of see, oh, am I going overboard here? Yeah. Or, or should I maybe serve more, be more mindful in this area? You know. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really important to focus on like being in tune with yourself. It's actually so surprising to hear that you're like a people pleaser type. The pleasing part wasn't necessarily a bad thing, and it, it, to this day, it's not necessarily a bad thing, right? Yeah. But you're talking about approachability, right? When you first oh, um, introed me into this conversation, so like yeah. that's all I wanted to be when I went to college. Because when I went to college, you know, I was didn't have any friends. And I was trying to make friends and figure things out and try to join different clubs and everything. But at the, at the end of the day, like joining 
our little Filipino community in college, that was kind of my family because I never really went home on the weekends. Mm-hmm. You know, the Hall is a big commuter school, right? But I just, I kind of like being on campus on weekends <laughs> and, and hanging out with people. And, yeah. and, and the Filipino community at the time was kind of like my family, mm-hmm. right? So um, you're, you're talking about approachability earlier. I wanted, you know, our community to be approachable. You know, oftentimes you get the whole adage of like, oh, Asians or Filipinos are clicky or oh, mm. they may not like me or so-and-so, or you would talk about cheese or whatever, right? <laughs> yeah. um, for me, it was the opposite. So when I got elected president of Flash, which I didn't even necessarily think I would ever be, you know, um, mm. I was like, you know what? Like, I want people when they come in, I think you were a freshman when I was a senior, yeah. right? So I was like, when the freshmen come in, I want them to have like the time of their lives. I just want them to be welcomed. Because when yeah. I came in, you know, you get whether it's clickiness or maybe miscommunication, I don't want to judge people. Yeah. Um, but you, you, you join an organization or any kind of club. Sometimes there's a little, like, who's this new person? Yeah. You know, like, oh, well, this person knows so-and-so, so they're in, but this person, oh, we don't like this person, right? Yeah. Uh, so I like that. Uh, yeah, same, dude. And I'm like, why? It's so high school. It's so elementary school, right? Yeah. So when I, when I um, became the president of Flash, I wanted to make it approachable. Yeah. You know, we brought back the Kuya Ate program, which is kind of mm-hmm. like a, a brother-sister program. And I was like, I want people to feel that, so maybe it's rooted in me being a people pleaser, but off, ultimately it was more so like, I want to build community. And yeah. I attribute that hundred percent to being Filipino. Yeah, that's awesome. And I will say, I definitely felt like part of something, even as a freshman, I think it has to do with the way like you approached our, our grade. I remember um, freshman year that you approached me about doing one Akanta that like the <sighs> singing contest. And honestly, yeah. I, I love singing and I love performing, but I am like a shy person and I would have never signed up if you weren't like, Hey, you should do this. <laughs> so I, I forgot how I heard you sing. I think this just through community or, or, yeah. or uh, your, your, your little batch of freshmen at the time. Yeah. But I remember like the, the fondest memory I have of you. And I'm so, we, we were so far apart in college, but I do remember when you were, you sang for that competition in Jersey city. And I just felt like, and I remember there's pictures on Facebook of like us hanging out as a group or whatever. And a lot of my friends that were seniors or that graduated that were seeing those photos on Facebook, they're like, oh man, you look like such a proud dad. Dude, 100%. I was so, I was so happy uh, for you and just to yeah. kind of see your potential. And I, I lost it when you started singing. I, I heard saying, you in the video. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, was, I was such a, and I'm still like, a, maybe I get that from being Filipino or maybe like my mom is a super fan of like everything I do. And like, for me, like when I see people, like whether they're singing, whether they're pursuing their master's degree, whether they're buying a house, yeah. I'm like super stoked. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Like, keep it up. You know, I, I think I have that maybe cheerleader mentality from being Filipino, like loving community, yeah. wanting to make things approachable. You know, so that was one of my, that was a fun memory though. That was, those are good times. <laughs> yeah, dude. So I think another intimidating thing about pivoting is the prospect of failure. Failure is inevitable, but the beauty in like trying something new is that sometimes you find success. So I'm curious to know what makes a pivot a successful pivot for you? I think when it comes to people in our generation, right, um, people want to, automatically think or even solely rely on like the monetary or the hype or the quick fix, you know, quick results, your 15 minutes of fame, you know? Um, and I don't know, the more I've grown in not only my career, but my personal life, um, I realize those, those little sound bites, those little like trending 15 minutes of fame, they don't last forever. Right. Mm-hmm. Those little moments where um, we get maybe 
a, a few likes more on a post on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, mm-hmm. or maybe we get that one kudos or compliment from a boss or someone at work, right? Mm-hmm. Those are great. And those are things we can appreciate in life. But I think as I've grown older, and I think a lot of my, what I do in my podcasting and my marketing and even my writing is always commenting on sustainability and seeking sustainability. Like what's mm-hmm. going to be the long game here? You know, mm-hmm. maybe I'm, I'm thinking more of my career oriented brain, like my three, mm-hmm. five and 10 year plans, but what's going to last longer and kind of kind of bring the the referencing back so i know we're talking about uh the office documentary i was watching with my sister yeah and uh, i think it was jenna fisher who plays pam Mm -hmm. and he was commenting on how like people are saying the show uh is timeless and she was like it was mentioning shows like seinfeld and cheers Mm -hmm. and like those are shows that stand a test of time even though some of the cultural and pop cultural references might be a little out of date like the humor and the storytelling and the drama is still very it still resonates Mm -hmm. and i think no matter what story you're telling, whether it's through a sitcom or through your career or your personal life, even like make sure things are sustainable, make sure, make sure they last the test of time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not, it's easier said than done, right? I'm not trying to give you like the five-step plan to do so, yeah. <laughs> but I think you be really seeking sustainability uh, in your career, uh, in your finances. Uh, that's, that's so, so important more so than any of the quick fixes. I love that. I feel like when you hear about people making changes or leaning into their passions, you don't hear about sustainability. Well, one thing I wanted to do in my career, and it just really happened, honestly, by happenstance, or maybe just a lot of luck and hard work, mm-hmm. where the current job I have now is a combination of two things I really enjoy, like media and technology. You know, mm-hmm. I've, I've always been kind of a, a techie person growing up mm-hmm. in the family. I'm, a, I'm the IT person in my family. Having <laughs> computers. And then um, media, my love for media and uh, communication kind of came from my musical background and being able to, to perform and sing and tell stories and reach an audience. Right. Cause when mm-hmm. you're, whether you're in marketing, or whether you're a musician, you still have an audience. There's an end game here. Right. Yeah. So like um, I think just throughout the course of my career and different jobs I've had, I've been laid off. I've worked freelance, you know, I've been in several bands and everything. Um, but I think all those experiences kind of led me to this career I have now where, you know, I'm utilizing the best of, video editing and audio editing and podcasting, but I'm also, you know, setting up webinars and doing like the IT side where I'm building bridges and codecs for people to stream things. So it's kind of like, and that that really, if you asked me 10 years ago in college, Hey, Matt, would you be, what's your dream job? I would never say that because I never had that sense, that forward thinking because technology changes, media changes, right? That's kind of where I've been at now with my career is like looking back in hindsight and seeing like, okay, like these chapters these hills and valleys um ultimately are leading me to something greater in the next chapter of my life career and personally wise yeah i think i think it's really important to focus on that because people are afraid of pivoting because they don't know where it's going to lead them right but i think in what you just described it's proof that taking different directions in life and like leaning into different ups and downs really rounds you out as a person. And if you can extract all of the good things from all those experiences, you can really set yourself up to find the perfect fit for you in a career. Um, I think I think that's so great. I love how you mentioned leaning in because it kind of harkens back to when I got into podcasting, which mm-hmm. I, you know, I've said endlessly on this conversation that I love. <laughs> so um, I remember I, I kind of pivoted into podcasting unintentionally Mm. Uh, so I was in my last tour uh, with our band Mitchell Gray and Mm. uh, Ryan decided to go solo at the time this is 2014 Mm -hmm. and we had our last tour I think we were driving down from San Jose down to Anaheim Mm -hmm. uh, to hang out with some friends and play some music and I had my MacBook 
and two USB microphones. I'm like, Hey, I'm just going to interview people on the road. So I just <laughs> interviewed awesome. all our friends, you know, like whether they were like backstage at a show, uh, someone's house party, literally in a van, right. In a hotel room. <laughs> yeah. And the, the last legs of touring with the band, I just brought my laptop. And it's funny because like when you're in, when you're on tour with these musicians and you're kind of a part of the gang or the scene, you know, like, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll go into my hotel room. Let's get some drinks and like get some microphones and talk. Yeah. And, um, that was honestly my saving grace because I, I wanted to play music since I was like 10 years old. Oh, and we had the God. benefit and the pleasure to play with people like us, the duo and Tori Kelly and oh, yeah. really great musicians. And it, it was such an awesome time. And there's such magical, um, charismatic, almost like inspirational level kind of musicians. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when that chapter of my life was ending, I was like, what do I do from here? Mm-hmm. I've literally been the drummer literally all my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I realized that I love conversation. I love hanging out with people. I love being approachable or building an approachable community so people can yeah. kind of like listen in and be a part of something, you know? So um, that's how I gravitated to podcasting. I just love podcasts and college radio prior. And I'm like, you know, why don't I try this toward the last leg of the tour? I have nothing to lose, right? Yeah. I book this. I'm traveling anyway. I'm here. I might as well do something. Yeah. And that honestly led to, you know, different podcasting and audio gigs, voiceover work, and then eventually my current job now, like, you know, seven mm-hmm. years after the fact, right? So mm-hmm. uh, I love how you mentioned leaning in because oftentimes, like when we have a situation where career, personal life-wise, things change without our control, we mm-hmm. either, you know, get angry or upset. And that's righteous anger to some degree, right? Because we do have a plan. We ha- we're driven people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but ultimately, like when you lean into something, accept, okay, like when I, when I, when the band was breaking up for me back in 2013. Of course, I was I was really bummed and I was kind of uh, out of it for a bit. I'll admit that yeah. wholeheartedly. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, this is the end though. I can't, mm. there, there isn't like, I, I can't like, you know, regress or, you know, go back to, you know, old careers or old habits. I'm like, like, what's the next step for me? How can I like pivot and move on to something greater? And the podcasting thing was kind of, honestly, it was, I would say it was a rebound necessarily from a band. <laughs> it was like, it was like my therapy to kind of talk to people and travel yeah. and hear stories and, and learn. And I, I became a better conversationalist because of podcasting. Yeah. I became more a better listener because of podcasting. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, I love how you mentioned leaning in because I feel like that's something if we ever have a part two of this episode, <laughs> <laughs> we probably maybe lean, lean in or something. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like it's so important because I don't know a lot of people that, that just lean in. It's not like innate. I feel like for, for like our friends, people that we grew up with, they have a plan, they stick to it. They don't lean into what feels good. I know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting because we, we seek sustainability, right? And uh, we talked about that earlier, especially our, our parents want us to have something sustainable and for us to thrive and have something foundational. Those are good things. Uh, but sometimes when things don't go your way, what are you left with? And I think that I've learned a lot of that from my father. I know I've been talking to hang out with my family a lot during the pandemic, obviously. And yeah. um, I, I randomly I just asked my dad, Hey dad, like, tell me about grandpa, like Lolo, like tell mm-hmm. me about your dad, you know? And he was really eye-opening in terms of like hardworking. He, sometimes his career, you know, he was in the war and stuff like that and everything mm-hmm. in his life. Sometimes things don't go your way, but how do you not necessarily like completely change it, be emotional and like respond <laughs> reactively, but to kind of be like, okay, this is what I'm given what do I do with this? And yeah. uh, it's interesting because a lot of the career paths my grandfather had, my father just wound up having without even planning it that way. Ooh. And even my father, a lot of like the career choices I made wound up mimicking or mirroring my father's without even knowing it. So my wow. father worked for a Japanese company out of college. I worked for a Japanese company out of college. Um, my, my father worked at the United Nations uh, for a bit. I worked at the United Nations for a bit. And these were things that like, mm. I wasn't like modeling things for my dad. They just kind of happened naturally and i think maybe to some degree that pivoting 
gene, <laughs> that pivoting gene passed on from my grandfather to me to some degree to kind of figure out, okay, like where, where, where can I best serve? What's God calling me to do? How mm. can I seek the most sustainable outcome? And yeah. that's kind of following different career trajectories, you know? Wow. I love that. What a cool thing to learn about your family. And I feel like pivoting just, it's, it's like a test. It, it tests you to see what you like. And it, I feel like you also grow from constantly changing and I feel like it builds resiliency. So pivoting gene for the win. <laughs> so also in preparing for this discussion, I found this like list of major potential pivots that people make in their personal life. And we've talked about some of these, um, yeah. but wondering if you've made um, any of these pivots in your life and if you wanted to share a little bit more. So on the list, there were uh, your mindset, beliefs and values, relationship with family, social circles and friends, physical activity and dieting. Uh, we talked about careers, uh, mm -hmm. thoughts on formal education and skill development, technology and religion. Wow. This is, this is going to be like my, my memoir. My <laughs> Crazy. Uh, I think we talked about mindset and beliefs to some degree, relationship with family, um, especially during the pandemic, you know, uh, one thing that I was trying to be mindful of is like, are my parents going to be okay? Like a lot mm -hmm. of us in our generation, our parents may be high risk to some degree. A lot of Filipinos and Asian Americans, you know, their parents work in medical, right? Mm -hmm. So um, by the grace of God, I've been able to really rebuild and kind of have a better sense of my responsibilities and roles as a son and as a member of my own family, my own immediate family. Um, in terms of social circles and friends, um, especially for me, I having mentors is such a crucial thing for me. And I remember in college, they tell us, oh, find a mentor, find mm -hmm. someone, at, like, talk to, message someone on LinkedIn and find a <laughs> career mentor. Like it was very, it was very, it was kind of like grandiose. And I was like, oh, this is kind of lame, whatever. But yeah. now that I'm older now, like I have a core group of three people I go to uh, mm -hmm. for different avenues of my life that are kind of my mentors. So I, I recommend that, especially uh, not to, not to make this a super, you know, masculine side of the conversation, but like as a man, for me, I need other men to sharpen me. I need other mm. men to hold me accountable. Yeah. Uh, so personally for me, I have um, a therapist. I have a spiritual director, a priest friend of mine who, who I, who I see weekly. He's a good friend of mine. Oh, wow. and, I and I have my brother, uh, my brother's a martial arts instructor and a teacher and uh, we, we work out, we train and he kind of, so it's like mind, body, soul almost. Yeah. Wow. Like the social circles I have to some degree. I also have, you know, obviously the friends I've always had too, but those are the three people in my life that have kind of really uh, helped me pivot to different stages uh, of, of my development. Um, physical activity, um, it's it's tough when you're in a pandemic and you wanted to snack all the time. <laughs> you, know, you gotta just chill at home, eat some good old Filipino food. Um, but I think yeah, even just tweaking your diet, like a lot of people like, oh, I'm gonna do a fast, I'm gonna do a fast and a cleanse. They're so extreme with things. And I think just even pivoting in your diet, like for me, I just, I gave up snacking in between meals. You know, I don't, I don't drink, booze um well caveat i do drink wine but i, I stopped i stopped drinking beer for example okay uh, the wow. past month or so um so little things so i feel like if you kind of go super extreme on giving up things whether it's diet wise in your whether it's the way, what you eat versus what you consume like media or whatever if you go super extreme you're never gonna like make it you're gonna yeah. kinda, it's kind of like a, a shock almost but if you kind of pivot a little bit and for me, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the super most healthiest cook or whatever, but just kind of giving up snacking in between, mm. like cooking my own food or something. Um, yeah. That's, those are pivots in that realm. Yeah. We talked about industry and career. I'm just going down the list here. Mm -hmm. um, skill development. Um, I mean, like uh, I subscribe to LinkedIn learning. It was mm. uh, formerly Linda. So I, I usually try to get at least 30 to 60 minutes a weekend of just learning a new trait or learning something. Mm -hmm. um, 
which, which kind of coincides with technology. And then religion, I also mentioned too. So I think ultimately when you want to kind of achieve something, whether it's in any of these realms, uh, if you've got to go the complete utmost extreme, it's never going to help. But I think just adding little things in your day, a 10 minute meditation, setting, <laughs> setting aside 30 minutes for me to go on LinkedIn learning and learn about a new program that we're using at the office or something. Mm-hmm. Um, just little things here and there. And if you, if you don't accomplish it, that's fine. Um, mm-hmm. But just try to add little things. And I, I like sandwiching things in between major things. Mm. So for example, like if I, I, I do a, a daily meditation at noon every day, right? Oh, wow. But I know I, I, I have it right before I eat lunch. So like, I know for a fact to get to lunch, I have to meditate. <laughs> I if love I don't that. do that then, because if I don't do that, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to, I'm just going to go straight to my kitchen and make some food or whatever, or order something. Right. right? So I, I know like, okay, 12 o'clock is meditation time. I have to meditate for 10 minutes and then I'll eat. And okay. that's getting me to do it every day. So maybe sandwiching things in your schedule, those are the best kind of ways to pivot in your daily life. Yeah, I love that. I think that's such a great approach. So lastly, I know I have a lot of friends um, and some strangers that I've reached out since I started this podcast that are thinking of making some sort of pivot in their lives. Um, do you have any last thoughts or words of advice for people that have the urge to pivot, but don't quite know where to start, or they're just scared to take the leap? I know this is going to sound like I'm contradicting myself from this uh, conversation so far, but pivots aren't always necessary, mm-hmm. right? I think it's you have, it takes reflection, it takes journaling, it takes knowing yourself to really figure out if it's really necessary, right? Um, I think oftentimes, especially our generation, they want to move to the next big thing all the time whether it's our social media brains or our Netflix brains that want things on demand, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone's constantly looking for a change and they move around all the time. And we have, we as a generation have the inability to stay still. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that could backfire if we don't reflect on what we want daily, you know? Um, and but this is a little, little funny anecdote. One more last anecdote about college for us. <laughs> I remember when uh, we were in college and flash the Filipino league at Seton hall. I know it sounds pretty badass. Um <laughs> I remember we're, we're all giving senior speeches or whatever. And I was like, I want to make mine super epic and super cool. So I, I began my speech. I don't know if you remember this, but I do because I, I put a lot of work into it at the time of being 21. I was like, you know what? No matter what happens in life, say yes to everything. Yes, I remember yes that. To- I've oh, yeah, quoted okay, that before. <laughs> okay, cool. And it's funny because when you're tw- in your early 20s, that, that's kind of good advice, being open to opportunities yeah. and open to experiences, right? But now that I'm like, in my early thirties now, I'm like, that's terrible advice. I guess everything is not good. Like you need boundaries in life, bro. Um, so in order to, in order to really uh, take that advice to heart now and in the context of what we're talking about today, right. Um, like I was mentioning, like read and study. Like uh, I read, I try to read two books a month. Um, oh, wow. uh, I read nightly. Cause normally, and this is, I'm not saying I'm like an expert at this, but like up until end of last year, I was just always on my phone before I go to bed, you know, whatever, scroll the gram and emails and go to bed. Um, and I, that affected my sleep like tremendously. Um, yeah. so I stopped, I put my phone in a separate room and I, I'd mm. read a chapter of a book a night before I go to bed. And it that's kind of helping me. Uh, and it's also like, for me, I have to read in order to sleep, like having that little, like, you know, I have to pregame in order to do, the oh. thing. uh, that helps you kind of accomplish that find solid mentors. Like I mentioned, uh, mentors that you could be honest, authentic, uh, and vulnerable with. Mm-hmm. Um, you obviously could have your friends and your boys or your people you hang out with or whatever, but like you need people that will kind of call you out on your BS, but also affirm right. you. And that's one thing that's helped my growth really for so far this year, even just having people that push me and challenge me and question me so I could answer and, 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 and be that, uh, provide that clarity for them and not only for them, but for me in my own life. Mm-hmm. 
And for those mentors, and I really highly recommend you get mentors, any kind of mentor. It doesn't have to be a priest or a therapist or something, but anybody in your career, find someone you could actually talk to and make sure you listen to them. That's one mm. thing for me, being a, a type A person and a driven person, I'm like, while they're talking, usually I'd be like, okay, so how do I formulate my response and how do mm-hmm. I debate? You know? And listen, like STFU, listen, <laughs> and don't take it as a transaction. Like get to know your mentors too and really mm-hmm. check up on them and, and build that relationship. It's not a transaction where they give you advice and you're like, thank you, sir. And you dip like, no, like really build that uh, relationship with them. Um, I think other, other avenues of advice I would have is uh, follow different people outside of your perspective, outside of your worldview. And fo- follow, I mean, social media, not stalk them. So follow people <laughs> uh, um, on social media that you have uh, differences in opinions with. So yeah. for example, for me, and not, I'm not gonna get super political here, but in college, I leaned pretty much one way in college. Now that I'm a little bit older and I've read certain things, I'm kind of leaning a different way now, you know? And it's just, that's just my own personal journey, right? Yeah. Uh, but that comes with encountering different people on social media, reading different things, and even people in my life that had, have had different opinions on things. I was able to kind of form my own just through experience, right? So like getting to know different perspectives outside your worldview. And, and lastly, being open to being wrong. Mm. Being open to being wrong is so important. So we're always focused on being right all the time. You know, um, especially as, as guys and as men, we want to be able to, we want to fix things. And here's a solution. Let me tell you how to fix these things, right? Yeah. Um, and now I'm not saying that truth doesn't exist or that reality or time is a construct. I'm not saying that. Mm-hmm. Um, but taking a moment to listen um, in my opinion, gives you, you and yourself, the, the space and breathing room to really make the best decision. When you just kind of take a breather, uh, whether it's meditating or even just like doing those gratitude journals, just taking that moment to kind of like, like, you know, the vacuum of just the craziness and just kind of like being still for a bit. Those yeah. are the best ways to make decisions. Because Ultimately for me, a lot of the, the poor decisions I made in my experience in my life were usually brash decisions. Were yeah. usually based on emotion or quick thinking or being reactive to something. And now I'm learning sometimes just being still, taking a breather, you're able to really process and think and, 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 and internalize and accept things more, whether it's mentally or spiritually, you know? Mm-hmm. That's, that's all amazing advice. Learning about different perspectives. I think not only does that make you more informed, but it just makes you a better person because then you can understand where they're mm-hmm. coming from. And now you won't be so judgmental about them having such a different opinion from you. I love when you said being a better person is understanding you know, that, that's, that's so important because ultimately when we think of people that are better, it's like, oh, what have they done or what can they do or what do they provide or what are they known for? Mm-hmm. But ultimately, sometimes being better uh, is having a better understanding of the situation and the better understanding of yourself and your career or what you want in life or the people that you're with. So, so yeah, this uh, having that understanding is so, so important. Well, I think that wraps things up. This was really fun. I'm so excited for you to be doing podcasting as a, as like a proud flash Filipino <laughs> president, Padre. Yes. I'm very proud of you. This is awesome. Yes, appreciates. <laughs> and hello. Thank you for making it to the end of this episode. I hope this conversation gives you some comfort if you find yourself veering a little off course in your career path or life path or if you're someone that's making a conscious decision to make a pivot in your life. In my opinion, if you have a strong desire to make a pivot, I think it's generally a good idea to do it because you can always just turn around and head back to what's familiar. And with that, I am signing off. For anyone interested in Matt's content, I will link his content in the show notes. 
Like he mentioned, he has his own podcast called Likewise, which is available on all the streaming platforms, so definitely be sure to check that out. And I wanted to end this episode with a challenge. I feel like I haven't done that in a minute. So for those of you that want to make a pivot in your life, I challenge you to take one small step towards that pivot this week. Whether that means writing up a business plan for that side hustle you want to launch, or just making that Instagram account for your art that you've been meaning to make, even if you just set it to private for now. Just do one thing and see how it feels. And if it gets you excited, move a few degrees more, reflect, and repeat. And with that, I'm actually signing off. I hope all of you have a badass day and week and life. And as always, happy connecting! As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.